Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pleased to be joined today by Matt Wallbank, who is part of our episode here where we're talking about uh, golf for a cause and different initiatives surrounding the game. Uh, and the ways people are using it to make a make a difference uh, and a good impact in some sort of way. Matt, we came across him kind of by happenstance. Uh, he, he reached out to us, in fact, and it's part of the reason why we decided we wanted to do an episode with a few uh, different folks who are using golf in this way. Um, but Matt, thank you for joining us today all the way from New Zealand, uh, where I'm sure you probably just woke up and are wondering why I made you schedule this call so early, but it's great to have you on. Uh, first off, I just want to ask, you know, to give your, give our uh, listeners a little bit of info about yourself uh, and what you're doing uh, with the game of golf, uh, what your fundraising initiative is in, in the background there. Yeah, so th- thanks heaps for having me on, Al. It's really, really cool. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background. So in New Zealand last year, 607 people committed suicide, which is in our country, maybe not for America, it's, it's not such a big number, but in New Zealand, that's pretty significant. So I sort of, last year, I ran 654 kilometers per, in the month of October to try and raise some money for I Am Hope, which is a charity that provides free counseling to the youth of New Zealand. So I did it worked out to be about a half marathon per day for 31 days. And this year I thought I raised about $15,000. And this year I thought, why not try and make it slightly easier on myself and, and try and do something that I maybe enjoy a little bit more than running, which was playing golf, which is a dirty little habit that I've picked up in the last, well, re-picked up again in the last 12 months. Um, so this year I'm, for each suicide, I'm going to play one hole of golf. So I'm going to play 607 holes of golf in 10 days across 14 courses, starting in Auckland and finishing in Queenstown. Once again, raising money for I Am Hope. So I sort of did a little bit of math on it, and it's going to probably work out to be about 30 kilometers of walking per day, which is going to be really, really interesting. But it's going to be awesome to get across a whole lot of different golf courses in New Zealand and Hopefully the body holds up and, and we'll get to the end and see some really cool things and raise some awareness for the cause. Specifically, the money that you donate, what will that do and how will that impact I Am Hope? So they essentially, the model that they use is that they've got a staff of, or a whole lot of outsourced um, counsellors that they use. So in New Zealand, if you're under the age of 18, you can apply to them and they will provide I, I believe it's you can receive four free counseling sessions um, from professionals if, if you need them. There's no medical requirements, no nothing. If you apply, then you're, you're guaranteed to receive, it's either two or four free um, counseling sessions. So the youth in New Zealand, 18 and under. Well, it's a tremendous uh, thing that they do. And, you know, like you, you said, 607 doesn't 
may seem like not a lot in other places of the world. I think that's a, a big number, no matter how you slice it. Oh, um, absolutely. So it's 600 hole, 607 holes over 10 days and yep. a number of the best courses in the country. Could you share maybe a couple of the places you've played? Are, are yeah, so, play? Excuse me. I, yeah, so it's been really, really cool. There's been so much support out there. Um, it sort of started as a bit of a local challenge. So I was just going to play around. I live in the middle of the North Island in a city called Hamilton. And it was sort of the intention was to sort of stick around that area. But then as I connected with a few more people, I got the offers to play some of the best courses in New Zealand, the Hills, um, Jack's Point, Cape Kidnappers, Royal Auckland, Paraparaumu, sort of everywhere that you really would plan to play on a on a golf trip in New Zealand, and it was probably a little bit too good to pass up. Um, and I I saw it as a really great opportunity to be able to showcase what New Zealand golf has to offer coming out of the pandemic. Tourism's huge for New Zealand, and and it's a really cool opportunity to showcase what we've got to offer because it's as good as anywhere in the world, and also makes it a lot more interesting when you're playing 607 holes of golf you might as well make them 607 memorable holes sure yeah that's amazing <laughs> that you've had all these all these properties come on board where can people go to to follow you or to even to donate if they so choose yeah so i'm running the whole challenge through an instagram page called the kiwi caddy um, and there's a link in the in the bio in there that sort of um, it links to a give a little page where all the money's going in. So far, the give a little's got just over three thousand dollars, but there's probably another seven to eight thousand dollars of committed money to come in as well. So, still plenty of time for the fundraiser. So, I'm really hoping that it catches some traction and we can get it up over the twenty thousand dollar mark. Would be pretty special. Sure, and anyone who listen who is listening to this has plenty of time. Uh, if you'd like to donate as Matt is going to be completing this challenge uh, in January, uh, if I have that correct. Yep. Um, so it'll be January 3rd to January the 11th okay. next year. Perfect. So we'll put our link in uh, the the uh, episode notes uh, for this episode uh, for anyone who is interested. Uh, Matt, you and I talked a little bit of, before the call, just kind of catching up and um, introducing one another. Uh, about New Zealand golf, and it kind of turned into a conversation uh, about that access and availability of, of being able to play some of these courses. Uh, so yeah. can, can you describe the, the New Zealand golf landscape and what would you compare it to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in New Zealand, golf's a, it's, it's hard to explain. It's, it's pretty open. I mean, if you want to get a tee time and you're prepared to book a month in advance you can pretty well play anywhere you want um sort of been learning a little bit more about the golf landscape in the states and it's just so different like we don't really have private golf i mean tara is probably the the main example um was probably a little bit of a curveball in, in new zealand golf i mean a lot of the a lot of the top clubs here cape kidnappers cody cliffs um they don't actually have members, so it's they're, they're, they just rely on visitors. Um, but generally, if if you want to play somewhere, you give it a month, you've, you've got a pretty good chance of getting a tea time. So, yeah, I, I guess it's that UK model is probably the closest mm -hmm. thing that you can compare it to. Like all the all the top clubs in the UK are, are pretty similar, aren't they? I've been to 
Auckland. I saw the LPGA came and back when I worked for the LPGA a while back and they played at Windross Farms. Um, oh, yeah. Just uh, outside uh, the city in the farm yeah, country, so, I guess. Yeah. So for reference, I'm probably just over an hour south of there as, as in, a, in Hamilton. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But Auckland, Auckland's funny because people fly there, but then like there's there's a lot of great golf there, but no one seems to play it. Like maybe they'll get to to Tarangi, which is um, which is the McKenzie design, um, mm-hmm. and it's a great place to play golf. But there's there are a lot of cool courses around there, and if and if you're prepared to just hang around there for a while, there's there's a lot of great golf there. What would you consider the best? golf city or, or area or maybe even if you're going to split it between north and south in new zealand um who's got the best yeah it's 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 really hard because new zealand's new zealand's not like scotland where new, new zealand you have to take a lot of joy in the struggle you know there's there's mm-hmm. huge drives to take between golf courses like it's not like you can just pop somewhere and play eight rounds of great golf you might have to play one, then drive three hours, but that's what makes it so special. And, and that's why people, when they do come down here, because we're so far away, you should take the time to give yourself a good month to just explore all these great courses. Um, but I guess Arrowtown, which is 20 minutes from Queenstown, is probably the best collection of premium golf. You, you get the Hills, which is awesome. Um, you get Millbrook. You've got Arrowtown Golf Club, which is a bit of a hidden gem, and then Jack's Point's just there as well, which is pretty well pretty well known. It's sort of float around the Di- Golf Digest hundred um, in the world, so that's probably your biggest cluster of, of great golf around there. Well, even just between you said that uh, if you have to drive three hours to another place, it's some of the most one of the most beautiful drives you'll ever do, um, depending on it is where you but- are. I mean. You want to be pretty switched sure. on because our roads, our roads aren't the best. Yes, <laughs> there's going to be you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll have some interesting drives. There's no doubt about that. So you've been playing, you said for twelve months is how you really caught the bug. Uh, yeah, have you, have you gotten the chance to to travel and and play much uh, anywhere else off New Zealand even? Not really. I, I was saying saying to you before, I I played a lot during school and um. And then I took up cricket a lot more heavily, um, played professionally in England for a year. So I had probably six years from off playing golf and, and because of injuries had to stop cricket and, and ended up picking up golf again as, as, as much of a um, mental health thing as anything else, which I guess fits right into this cause. Um, it's just as everyone who plays golf knows, as frustrating as it can be, it's it's a really great escape. You you get away from everything for hopefully under four hours, but not always. It might take five. Um, yeah, yeah, and and then re picked up the game in November last year, and and thankfully picked it up reasonably quickly. So managed to sort of get back to a point where I could play reasonable golf again, which is nice. You played professional cricket how does that uh translate maybe some similarity in the in the swing there uh does that yeah are there a Uh, lot of good golfers that play cricket is that is that a thing yes well a lot of so a lot of the guys who play professionally especially in new zealand they spend a lot of time on the golf course so wherever they go in the world they'll take their clubs 
the one thing that all cricketers have in common is a massive, massive slice. <laughs> yeah. So we got that, oh, that big left to right. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been fighting that and then fighting the hooks and everything. So, um, but generally, I guess the hand eye coordination definitely transfers across. Um, yeah. So a lot of golfers, a lot of cricketers that love golf. Final thing for me why was golf the perfect avenue for this? Yeah, I think for there's actually there's probably a number of reasons behind that. Um, one, I see it as sort of my refuge for peace and for thinking. Like I feel like I process a lot of things on the golf course. You spend a lot of time outside, which I mean, I work in an office job, do a lot of I work at a bank and commercial property, so I spend a lot of time at a desk. So it's just a great way for for me personally to unwind. Um, I think another reason is that it's there's some great networks in golf, and and I've met a lot of great people through golf, and and it's it seems to be have a real community feel to it. So people are really invested in it. They might not even know who I am, but they get they find a way to be invested in it. There's a real corporate side to it, which is probably as you know, Al. There's a bit of money in corporates, so it's a, you can dig into some pockets, find some ways to get people to contribute and. Golf is really on the rise in New Zealand at the moment, coming out of the pandemic. A lot of people searching for a bit of an outlet. So it's becoming quite trendy. And, and if someone's doing something um, interesting in golf, then it'll probably take off quite nicely. So those were probably the main considerations. And as I say, it's got to be better than running, doesn't it? <laughs> I think I'd rather play 600 holes than, than run. Yeah. 600 oh, no, kilometers absolutely. for sure yeah that was that was a real scrap that <laughs> yeah. month and i think my partner will definitely enjoy this 10 day stint more than she did the half marathon a day operation is anyone joining you playing right now or is it just gonna be you um yeah it's i'm really gonna try and push for some i guess higher profile new zealanders to come out and play um i've got through sport a few, a few cool contacts like a couple of all blacks and some um new zealand cricketers and um some personalities who i sort of linked up with during that um last month of running and sort of gained a bit of traction in the media and i met some really cool people through that and high profile people so fingers crossed we'll get some people out there and it's a good chance for me to a spend some time with them and b have some support because <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of time out there by yourself, you know? Sure. Well, best of luck with everything. I uh, really appreciate you coming on today and talking about it and um, kudos to you. It's a, a great purpose. Uh, anyone who's listening to this again, uh, he, you can find him on the, the Kiwi caddy. Is that right? On yeah. That's Instagram? right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, there is a give a little page to, to donate. So cool. check that out uh, in the show notes. Thanks again, That's Matt. Awesome. We appreciate your time. Nah, pleasure. Bro. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was nice to catch up.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast once again, a good friend of Lynx, uh, who's become a friend of mine from a few conversations with him. And uh, I, I like to play a game with him. I, I used to play, when I was growing up, a game, computer game called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? I don't know if you've heard of that, Nick, but the idea was you, you tried to find Carmen. She'd always be You'd be just about to find her, and then she'd be off somewhere else. She'd be off. Yeah, uh-huh. and um, I can empathize with that. I kind of feel that w- I'm playing <laughs> a similar game with you sometimes, um, because you're always off and, and on to a new and fantastic place. But today you're joining me from Amsterdam uh, after a little tour in Netherlands uh, on the next stop of flying the number four flag uh, on some fantastic golf courses. And Nick, I know we've had you on the podcast before. Uh, your foundation is called Global Golf for Cancer. And you've, we know you've also written for links for quite some time. Um, by way of, of short reintroduction, Nick, um, can you just give a little background on yourself again and, and what your foundation does? Sure. Okay. Well, uh, as you've alluded, my background is very much in golf. Uh, having trained as a lawyer, I often say I went from the bar to the 19th hole. And um, I suppose I've had three careers in golf, the golf writing. Um, but also I spent 15 years managing Nick Faldo's golf course design business. And then the last seven or eight years have been preoccupied with developing and then launching in 2017 uh, Global Golf for Cancer, which very simply is about getting the golf community to support cancer fighters worldwide. By cancer fighters, I mean both individuals. It, the flag flies on the fourth hole, as you've said, at a number of uh, iconic golf courses around the world on certain occasions. It's flying in honor of cancer fighters, individuals, anyone battling cancer, but it's also flying to show the golf community's support for those wonderful causes around the world uh, that, are, that are fighting cancer, charities and foundations. And uh, so the flag flies in six continents, honoring cancer fighters and supporting cancer fighters worldwide. How have you found the golf community just from a receptiveness standpoint when you go out and pursue a new golf course and present your idea as to why? Well, I'm, I'm pleased to say very receptive. Um, I don't think there is there, there can be very few people at a golf club that don't know somebody who's either had or, or been affected by cancer. I mean, one in four of us will be affected, our lives will be affected by cancer at some point. Uh, for instance, in the UK, four million people have had cancer. You can imagine how, have cancer. You can imagine how many people that, that directly and indirectly affects. So um, I, golf course has been very receptive. We have over 200 golf clubs around the world, including for instance, every Open Championship venue, of which there are 14, from uh, Presswick to St Andrews, and in 
iconic places such as the Rio Olympic course, uh, Durban Country Club, flags also flown at Pinehurst quite recently on the 4th of the 4th. And um, well, only two golf clubs, I, I won't tell you which two, but only two have ever actually sort of hesitated before uh, agreeing to fly the flag for cancer fighters worldwide for the reasons I've said to you. So I think the golf community is very supportive. Initially, you, now it, it the cause has become personal for you because when you when you first started it, you uh, were cancer free, and great. and now you've you've had, I think, is it still four? Yeah, four bouts with cancer. The, the four uh, battles symmetry. with cancer. I mean, you're, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. You're, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's bizarre that uh, having had the idea uh, for flying this flag for cancer fighters worldwide and that's initially there was a two or three year delay before I launched it because I had that cancer and that was was I the most credible campaigner that was always on my mind now I didn't want to have cancer obviously but when I had my first head and neck cancer it certainly well I, I certainly gave me impetus and, and determination to 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 develop this campaign and and bizarrely I suppose I have had cancer four times now head and neck cancer um and and but the last time was three years ago so one of my one of my slogans is four and no more so and i always touch wood of course when i say that so um that's right but i mean i i, I always like to present a positive attitude because certainly my experience is that 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 if you like when one door opens another door closes and this campaign wouldn't have got the momentum wouldn't have certainly not wouldn't have the passion that I have for it had it not been for cancer and I again people sometimes seem surprised they think gosh you've had cancer four times in the last six or seven years but you're telling me that they are six or seven of the best years of, of your life and I do tell people that so you know that's that you can turn adversity into an into an opportunity not always but but if you have a mindset that that wants to turn adversity into opportunity. I, I do believe it's possible. So, yes, having had four cancers is is part of the story of me having it. Is part of the, the the story of global golf cancer. But of course, ultimately, it's certainly not about me. Sure. It is about those those you know people fighting cancer all around the world. Absolutely. So, what was the was there a uh, a person or particular uh, inspiration to initially start the foundation or was it, um, purely, I, like you said, the four has a lot of significance, uh, in cancer and in, in golf as well. Well, I felt, I felt, uh, fortunate from my 30 years working in golf to have a lot of golf connections around and very, very international connect connections, uh, having managed the design, we, we worked in, in, I must've must have worked on golf projects in in about 20 different countries um and literally on all, all the continents so i had the contacts i thought it is a good idea i mean very simply uh if you think about it there are 60 million golfers out there there are 36,000 golf courses every one of them has a fourth hole even an eye hole course has a fourth hole so um and what sport can fly the flag for a cause better than golf um in, in in practically every every other sport I can think of, uh, flags tend to go around the perimeter of a pitch or a court. Right. Um, whereas with golf, you stand on the tee, 
and it's your goal, it's your target, and that's quite symbolic. And a, a flag itself is is symbolic. In golf, you interact with a flag, but a flag is is a I call it a a, a beacon of hope. And 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 it, it's you plant a flag, don't you? When 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 you've achieved something, whether you've climbed Conquer, a mountain or you've yeah, yeah. to the moon or something. So it is it is a very aspirational symbol and. As I say, in golf, you really interact with the flag a lot. So golf can fly the flag for a cause. There are 60 million golfers, so many affected by cancer. It makes sense. So um, it, it, having cancer, of course, has given me uh, the passion to develop the cause. But I think the, the idea worked and, and I was just keen to try and make it happen. We spoke uh, at the beginning that you're in Amsterdam. Where have you been recently? Uh, as part of your your cause, well, uh, yeah, my my uh, my travel schedule of late has me worrying about my carbon footprint. <laughs> um, um, it's it's um, of course from from October. I live. I'm based in the UK in London, as you know, and and traveling to North America, for instance, only opened up in October, November last year, or reopened, um, and and various parts of the world have. Um, become more accessible so the campaign which in 2019 had had reached the six continents that was a goal uh, north america hasn't been fully developed and that, that's very much the, the the current goal which we, we can talk about but um if i told you that between october and june aren't we now i've been to america twice i've been to canada I've been to flown the flag in uh, all these places, Dubai in the Middle East. Um, last week I was in Norway at, at um, taking the flag to the North Pole, or all, not quite the North Pole, but within the Arctic Circle to Lofoten links. Uh, as you said, I, I'm in the Netherlands right now. And uh, today I was at um, uh, Den Haag Golf Club. I'm visiting four of, four of the finest golf courses in the Netherlands. So Kenemar, Nordvik, Den Haag, and Japan. Often when I go to, to, to countries, I'm, I am visiting the iconic golf courses because to me, it's about developing a story. People, people pay attention when you say that this flag for cancer fighters has flown at the Rio Olympic course on the 4th of October on a special date. So dates are important. Dates, if I can get the number four in there, that's, that's very important. Um, and the fact that it's just flying on the fourth hole again it, it's people will say to me so why is it flying on the fourth hole that's I love that I don't get tired of, of, of answering that because it means people are engaging and I, I think that again that's one of the if I can put it this way one of the beauties of the of the campaign is mm -hmm. it has some very distinctive and unusual features so this flag flying just on the fourth hole just on sort of special occasions at iconic courses initially but Absolutely. The plan is to involve the whole 60 million of the golfing community in one way or another. That's 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 it. That's the intention. Yeah, you're well on your way for sure. Uh, Global Golf for the number four cancer org is his website. You can learn more. Is there a course that you're either most proud of getting uh, involved in flying the four flag or, or maybe one that you were most surprised that they said yes and, and flew it? I often um, say in developing the campaign, and, and again, some, some, some of your listeners will be aware of this, that 
I, I launched it. I wanted to launch it in an impactful way. Initially did a 2000 walk around the west coast of Ireland from top to bottom, all around the coast with a golf bag on my back, calling into 40 golf courses, the Ballybunions, the Hinches, the Watervilles, et cetera, flying this, playing the fourth hole when I did my walks. Um, and then I've done three subsequent walks, including from Turnbury to Dornoch in Scotland via St Andrews, all around Northern Ireland. And then most recently, again, after, after COVID pushed it back, I walked the north coast of the Camino, um, starting the walk at San Sebastian with Jose and Maria Alathabal, and finishing a month later at Rail de Pedreña, which is the home of Seve. And I had the, the extraordinary privilege of playing the fourth hole with Seve's eldest son, Javier, um, and Seve's eldest brother, Manuel. Uh, not a bad golfer himself. He played in 10 Open. So uh, again, it's about, it's, it's about creating stories. That Stories create awareness. And awareness leads to action and support. That's another one of my uh, mottos or mantras. I'm going to answer that question now. now sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, is there one course I'm most proud of? Well, doing those walks and so relatively early in developing the campaign, when I flew the flag at St Andrews on the old course, uh, I was actually joined. I walked into St Andrews with, with a club with a bag on my back. Walked into walked in walked into town and walked into the first tee and a, a wonderful greeting the captain of the rna was there it was st andrew's day so even the even the clubhouse opened i thought they'd opened it for me you know <laughs> they, they only open it once a year to the public but but uh i cleverly uh decided i was going to to arrive at st andrew's on on st andrew's day but but to actually the fact my my two surgeons who'd who'd been operating on me relatively recently flew out from London, walked into St Andrews with me, and we played the first four holes together. I think standing on the Swilkin Bridge with my surgeons thinking, if I fly, I can fly at St Andrews, it can fly anywhere. So if, you, if, if there's one golf course, memory, I suppose it's, it, you know, the, the, it's hard to top the old course at St Andrews. Our flag has flown at some incredible four holes around the world. I mean, I'll give you one other example. At the at very end of my walk around the west coast of Ireland, Old Head, the fourth hole there. I mean, people will know Old Head, very dramatic, two hundred foot cliffs, and the fourth hole is is probably the most spectacular of 17, 18 spectacular holes. It has a lighthouse at the back of the green, and again, to me, that was very symbolic of. I, I talked about a, a golf flag being a, a a banner or a beacon of hope. Well, there's a lighthouse, and there's the fourth green, and with my flag flying in front of it, that was special. Finally, for me, um, the significance of dates you've discussed and one of the most significant fourth days of the year, uh, at least in the States, is the 4th of July. I think you mentioned in the uh, last episode that you tried to do something around that date because, because of its significance as well. Uh, the, the 4th of July is, of course, the whole world knows the 4th of July, so of, of course you it, it, it makes sense to uh, a campaign that's focused on four to try and do something on the 4th of July. I mean, there's one other date. I'll come, I'll come back to the 4th of July in a second, but the 4th of February is World Cancer Day. So uh, I was I flew the flag at two of, two of, I think, the greatest courses in the world on that day. On the 4th of February, I flew it in the morning at Royal Port Rush and in the afternoon at Royal County Down. That was 
that was only a not too great a distance apart. This year, between the 1st of July, which is Canada Day, and the 4th of July, Independence Day, obviously, uh, I am going to visit four very special golf courses uh, that will be East Coast and West Coast. And on the 4th of July, I will be back on the East Coast, having visited somewhere very special on the West. But on the 4th of July, I will be at Kiwa Island on the Ocean Course on the 4th hole. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. And I've got, I've got plans to be somewhere very special next year as well, when hopefully 100 golf clubs in North America will be flying the flag. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of flying, isn't it? Uh, I, gosh, I talked about my carbon footprint, but no, seriously, it's about, it's about supporting cancer fighters worldwide and visiting such iconic places and creating stories. Again, stories create the awareness and awareness creates action and support. So, it will be a thrill to be there, but I certainly hope I don't forget the the, the real re the, the reason why I am there, and think of those millions of people who are who are fighting cancer on all our behalves. Yep. Well, it, you do amazing work. It's always a pleasure to keep up uh, to catch up with you. And uh, you, you said keep up with you, didn't you? Keep up, catch up. <laughs> I, I thought you might be. I thought that might be a pitch to join me. Well, I'm not too far from you, so um, I'll have to check my calendar and see what my plans are, but uh, I'll catch you at some point, I'm quite sure. Thanks again for hopping on with me today, and uh, we hope to chat again soon. Thank you, and thanks for inviting me uh, onto your platform. Greatly appreciated. Of course. Eric, it's great to have you on the podcast again, man. I would love if you could just update us on what's been going on with you maybe for people who have forgotten or, or maybe didn't listen to an episode we've done an article about you on the website as well but um can you give a brief intro of who you are and, and what you do with the game of golf yeah absolutely al it's nice to be chatting with you again i actually just checked um we spoke almost two years exactly to the date it was august 4th 2020 the last time i was on so that long. i guess this is this is our two-year update yeah time flies in the the time of COVID, I guess. But yeah, um, I run a company called Member for a Day and we auction off once in a lifetime golf experiences for charity. So what does that mean? It means, uh, well, we've, we've auctioned off rounds at 75 of the top 100 clubs in the country. We've auctioned, we do a ton of stuff with pro athletes and celebrities. Uh, we've auctioned off rounds of golf with Bill Murray, Bo Jackson, Clyde Drexler, Rob Riggle, uh, a member of the Backstreet Boys, Brian Luttrell. And uh, yeah, we've, we've grown quite a bit since the last time we chat. We have now raised over $3.5 million for charity since inception. That is incredible work. Uh, Eric Sadransk is, is his name. Uh, I didn't mention your last name at the beginning. Where can people find information on Member for a Day? Um, just give me, the, give me the credentials here in the... Uh, where people can go to, to learn more. Yeah, of course. Uh, our website, memberforaday.com, the full spelling words, um, or also follow us on Instagram. We're pretty active there at member for a day are usually the two best, best places for it. We did talk two years ago and did you have a vision of where this would be uh, then uh, two years later to where it is now, or is this just kind of insane the way it's grown? It's a good question. You know, I'm not necessarily the best goal setter. It's something that I need to work on. 
I, I'm kind of one of those people that just tries to grow something as big and quickly as possible, but it's um, probably not the best <laughs> because then there's no actual goal and there's nothing to celebrate because you're just constantly trying to grow. Um, but the short answer is, um, as you're well aware, I mean, you were the first person I, I really ever spoke to about even the idea of just that initial COVID auction. This is all just one big experiment. This is all one big test. This is just been a beautiful organic journey that I've really had no expectations at all. I think the most exciting thing to me now is that we've kind of created a brand and we see it almost daily now that nonprofits reach out to us and they're looking for new and innovative ways to fundraise. And we have a track record, right? I mean, we've worked with the American Cancer Society multiple times. We've worked with the ALS Association. We've worked with Children's Miracle Network. We've worked with almost 10 chapters of the first T and we'll be doing significantly more going forward. Um, so we have case studies, we have a track record. We, we, are, we are doing this and we are proving ourselves. Um, not only are we are driving results in the form of fundraising dollars, but we're having fun. You know, and I really try to stress that with everyone we work with, that our goal is to raise as much money as our, for our nonprofit partners as possible and have fun in the process. Because frankly, Al, if you're not having fun, what's the point of doing it? I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think a big reason for that fun is the game of golf, right? And uh, why do you think golf has kind of just been this perfect avenue for the type of work your organization does? You know, I mean, if you think about it just from a purely like economic supply and demand perspective, the model works really well in the sense that if you want to play Marion or you want to play, you know, better yet, you want to play around a golf with Bo Jackson, that's not something you can just go on golfnow.com and purchase. And so we're talking about a very, very, very short supply. And frankly, it's, it's my opinion that pretty much everyone who tees it up wants to play a top 100 golf course and probably wants to play with a pro athlete or a celebrity like Bill Murray. And so you're talking about a very small supply and pretty much an endless demand. And so it doesn't take an economics PhD to figure out that that will work. And, you know, it's, it's not like we reinvented the wheel, right? We, we've all been to charity golf outings where they'll have a silent auction and they might have rounds of golf at a few really nice private golf courses. But you know, what we did is, is very typical of, of tech companies, which is take a fragmented market, AKA all of the charity golf outings that happen across the country and create one massive platform where, I mean, you know, now we're up to our audience is about 25,000 people. And so you're talking about, you know, compare that to a room of 50 to hundred in a golf outing. And it's no wonder that we're raising a substantially larger amounts of money for nonprofits. And oh, by the way, they don't have to put on a golf tournament, which you and I know takes a lot of time and effort. And so this is all digital and it just is, is really just a simple turnkey solution that for some of our nonprofit partners can raise a substantial amount of money. Yeah. You've concentrated that idea uh, in a, a singular space, which is, is very, very cool. Very, a, a great idea. And to see it in implementation is, is fantastic. I mean, you're doing amazing stuff. And you mentioned experimenting and trying new things, mm -hmm. trying to be new and innovative. Uh, you do have a new uh, idea on the horizon, or should I say event? What can you tell us about the fall foliager? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a big believer that I love digital communities, but I'm a big believer that there's nothing that replaces face-to-face -face, uh, interactions. 
And so I've always thought that, um, yes, like I said, we've grown to 25,000 people, but they don't really know each other. They don't have any way of interacting. And so I've always thought that we need to do some uh, physical events so people can get together and meet each other and uh, and strengthen the, the community. And so uh, Jack Davis, the head pro of um, Essex County Club in Boston, for those that haven't been there, one of the uh, best golf courses in the country and inc- incredible architecture. It's, it's actually uh, considered Donald Ross's first masterpiece. He lived on the golf course. He was the first head pro there, uh, lots of history. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a conversation in the winter time and just expressed interest in, in hosting an event there. They actually host very, very few events. If I have the number correct, I think they only allow five outside events per year. It's only September and October, which just so happens to be the best time to play golf up there because it's fall conditions. The leaves are turning, the, the golf course firms up, gets a little bit of crisp. And so you can wear those sweaters. Um, and so he was uh, gracious enough to allow us the opportunity, uh, you know, and again, with only five or six outings, it's pretty much the same crew every single year for a long time. So him and the board there were, were gracious enough to give us a chance as, as a new, uh, a new event. And, um, we partnered up with Massachusetts golf association, my friends at mass golf, who are just amazing. And, uh, we started promoting the event, geez, about 10 days ago. And incredibly, we sold out yesterday. Uh, so just an amazing amount of interest and demand to raise money for the mass golf youth fund. And so October 17th, we'll be at Essex County club. Hopefully it'll be a beautiful fall day with just oranges and yellows and reds filling up every tree in every single direction. Uh, and ultimately just having a good time and raising a ton of money for charity. Well, unless you're one of those people who got one of the spots, um, you may be bummed to hear that it's sold out now. Uh, it's great for you, obviously, Eric, but, um, Maybe is it is it goal setting time? Do you have a plan to to do more of these events, or we're going to see how this one goes? I mean, I know it's the first one. It's it's hard to you know stare into the uh, crystal ball and see the future, but it sounds like it was a an idea that people were really receptive to. So, what do you think? Let's set a goal. Let's get another one of these on the calendar. Yeah, it's 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 tough, right, Al? I mean, I, our our core business of online auctions is growing so quickly, and we're still such a small team, right? We're we're a team of about eight full time people, and so we're all hands on deck on growing that because we see the path forward. It's very clear. Um, so, you know, for me, the events are like I said, community building. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point, is I mean, clearly there's demand here, and so as long as um, we can prove that people would be interested in us taking over some sweet private golf. I mean, the amount of messages I got on Instagram over the last week and people saying, Oh, have it here. Have it there. I was like, okay. All right. Well, we'll see you in 2023. Well, sounds good. I appreciate you catching up with me today. uh, Taking the time to update us on where you're at and talk a little bit about how the game of golf is being used for good in in your own unique way. Uh, It's always pleasure, Eric. I hope we can catch up again in less than two years. Next time. <laughs> Anytime, Al. Thanks for having me on. Cool. See you, man.